Hi, I'm Steve Archibald. You're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we are back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. A very sombre league, I'm Doug Perry. And I, I don't know why it's all sombre and doom and gloom. We should be upbeat because it's our 2021-22 End of season special. East Five season is over. It's felt like a quick 10 months. But, I mean, we, we can look over the best of the season. How we'll fill the other 59 minutes of the hour, I'm not quite sure. But we, we'll we'll get there. But before we get into any of that, let's hear from this episode's sponsors. East Five Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Today's podcast is brought to you by John W. Gilbertson Limited, a small, friendly, family firm of solicitors based in Glenrothes, who specialise in buying and selling residential property, wills, powers of attorney and executory work. On your team, on your side, supporting you all the way to achieve your goals. Well, it is a football show after all. Thanks as always there to East Fife Community Football Club and John W. Gilbertson for their support all season long. Because yes, East Fife season is unofficially over. But I think we all feel it is now over and we just all want it to end. East Fife headed to Dumbarton on Saturday. The season lay on the line. They went there hoping to be staying alive. Instead, it turned into a tragedy. Everyone went home having a Saturday night fever dream and they woke up this morning just questioning their commitment to the club and how deep is their love? Wow. Wow. That might actually be worse than the game yesterday. I thought that. I've only been awake an hour and I've been watching... Some 1979 Top of the Pops. Fair. Nice. Um, to be yeah. fair, have you heard Foo Fighters covers of the Bee Gees? What one was it? Was it Tragedy? Or? I'm sure they've covered the whole, like, like a whole smattering of their music. Yeah, like How Deep Is Your Love and stuff. And it's actually really good. Do you know, they're a very underrated band, I think. Judy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would say musically and songwriting they're very underrated I, I yeah. don't know I don't know it gets a wee bit ridiculous at some point yeah the high me. falsetto is a little but then I, I like I like Kate Bush as well so she was 
she was high. I think we all kind of needed to be high watching his wife play Dumbarton. That would maybe have helped take a bit of the edge off it. Let's be honest, we're talking about shit because none of us want to talk about the game. Very much. Yeah. One of what, like, I love doing this show and genuinely, like, over the last 18 months or however long is it we've been doing it now, I've laughed so much um, doing it. I've had some really, really great times doing it, but literally had to drag myself on to do this show today because it's becoming more and more difficult. And like yeah. generally, I was an eternal optimist um, and I've never felt so dejected as I do right now watching East Fife. Um, the, the, the worst time that I could sort of correlate to this would sort of be like the Derek Brown era um, of just that feeling of, oh, this is like an actual chore. Um, and, you know, I've changed jobs. I was really looking forward to changing jobs to be working Monday to Friday. I would get to work <laughs> yes. every game. I'd get home and away. And I'm just a bit like, I may actually just go back to working in retail. <laughs> just, 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 just get a wee part-time job and a wee Saturday job as well. Oh, honestly, start pushing oh. trolleys or something. Don't watch the Glens. No, Thornton. I've told you this. I know. That's why I wanted to go watch the Glens. They're the much better team. No. No, thank you. you. You don't know this, Doug. When I set up the the Zoom for the, the call to record this, I I put in the, the start of it to Lee saying, oh, if you want to do this, uh, here's, here's the link just in case. Really hoping that Lee was going to go, you know what, let's just bin it. <laughs> but he didn't. I woke up this morning very disappointed. I was like, oh, <laughs> we are doing this. The, the rough with the smooth, I suppose. And we've got plenty of rough to discuss. Yeah, I mean, I will ask you at some point, because I didn't watch the whole game. I'm the lucky one. I just watched some highlights. I, I'm going to ask you to, to come up with something positive that we can hold on to over the rest of the season. So you can think Are about that. in the last 90 minutes? <laughs> Is that a positive? That's 90 minutes. I haven't watched it. The pies that may you Oh, that's a good positive. Yeah. I I noticed, because um, I, obviously I'm a, a Wimbledon fan, AFC Wimbledon's launched a new range of food at their games. Some amazing pies. Chicken balty pie. They've got vegetarian options. Oh, it looks fantastic. So have to hopefully get over and get down to a game at the new stadium there. I am, again, putting off talking about the game. Let's get into it. <laughs> this was massive. This, it's no no hyperbole. It's not an understatement here. Our season was on the line in this game. And we blew it. Yeah. Um, in a nutshell, yeah. Um, I think the writing was on the wall um, pretty much all week when you looked at Dumbarton adding their squad. Um, and yeah, were- how unique was that? A big game coming up and you actually add somebody that has an impact. Yeah. Well, both are newbie squad. And, and, and that's it. You know, you're, you're facing into the fire and we bring in a young kid that got sent back from Stirling for not cutting the mustard at Stirling and we bring him in as our first choice left back. Now, I've not seen enough of the boy to, to really comment, so I'm going to not comment on him as an individual. Whether it's the club, whether it's Crawford, I'm massively disappointed that we didn't bolster our squad before that. 
Now, when we had Liam on last week, he said that we're looking at making new additions before the window. And I sort of said it at the time that we needed to throw the kitchen sink for for Saturday. You know, even Rico Katongo becoming available um, last minute on Friday night. I'm like, just go get him. Just go and get him. It doesn't matter that we've got another left back in. Competition for places will be great. He's a good left back. Bring him in and, and, and sort of bolster that defence, which is massively needed. And it wasn't done. We all know we need a forward. Hasn't been done. We all know we need some creativity in midfield. Now, whether Crawford thought that Ryan Blair was going to be that creative spark, I don't know. But from what I've seen him, he was no better than what we had. Um, it was The writing was on the wall. And I went into the game yesterday with zero optimism. And that's it. Like, I, I can't really say anything else. There's people that need to look at themselves over the the squad or whatever. Um, the, the squad themselves might even need to look at themselves because what we are witnessing is the demise. Really, that's how it feels. You know, it, we're really witnessing arguably the worst East Fife team that I've seen in 20 years um, you know the, there's no you know that after we conceded the first goal yesterday I literally said we'll go on to lose this by two or three and obviously it was another goal but Dumbarton missed an absolute barrel load of chances it could easily have been another 6-0 to Dumbarton um, obviously we missed a couple but only two on target um, throughout the game, no goals in three games. I mean, the, the list goes on in the negatives. It's it's really really difficult to try and find any positive at all. I mean, reading some of the comments, Doug, after the the game, the, the feeling seemed to be until the goal went in, we were very much in the game, and not just because yeah. it was nil nil, but because we we had played some of the better football. But once again. It was the lack of taking the, the few chances we got, getting shots on target, no creativity f- from midfield. And I, I saw a couple of comments. The the new left-back was given a torrid time. Dumbarton were attack, attacking up that side, which does then raise questions of, is it maybe the left midfield that we should be looking at instead of like trying to slot a left-back in? Is it that Pat was hung out to dry? Is this new kid getting hung out to dry? This is not a fight that you need an 18-year-old to come in and try and get you out of the mess. Um, I, I mean, I actually thought he did all right, in fairness, but I'm, I'm more saying that because he's a child. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a bizarre, very bizarre signing. A really, really strange move for me. I mean... It sounds like a panic I, signing. Yeah, but we say this, we've been saying this all season, you know, like Ossie, Ossie Bonsu, panic signing, it, you know. I, I said during last week's show, you know, when Liam was talking about, you know, a couple of, we've got a board meeting in a couple of weeks, and I was like, but we need players in now. We have to, yeah. our season will be over in two weeks. And it turns out our season was over in one week. I mean, for me, the game, first half, I thought we were actually pretty good. I, I thought, thought we were played, the better team in the first half. I thought, I thought we played well, and I, I kind of I disagree a wee bit. Leaving you, it could have been six or Dumbarton, but we had a hell of a lot of chances. We had fifteen shots on goal and had two on target. And I cannot tell you how many times we skied shots from eight yards out over the bar. There must have been four, not definitely not sitters, but there was two or three that were 
whether it was poor decision making for there was one right at the start of the second half, I think Wallace got it and just a little layoff to Connell about six yards out. He's wide open and goes for the shot and it goes I mean, our finishing was atrocious, absolutely horrendous. And in that respect, that's where for Crawford it must be, you know, tearing what little hair he's got left out because we, we did create chances, but everyone who was watching the game said first goal's massive. If we get I think if we'd got it, I think we'd have won because I think Dumbarton are like us in many ways, defensively so fragile that as soon as you lose a goal, it's game over. And as, you know, we'll, we'll come on to the goal, I'm sure. But I mean, well, let's let's, let's just get on to let's just get on to that. I mean, two goals of very differing qualities. The second one is an absolute galazzo and worthy of winning any game. The first one, though, what was Gallagher doing? I, I, I'll go first because I know Lee will probably engulf us with rage. So I'll, I'll for take fifteen more. minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'll get my uh, word in edgeways first. I. Uh, my biggest problem with that goal was, I, I hate saying this, I think that's down to his weight. He got down so slowly to try and save that. It was a joke. I mean, it was like, again, I'm no, you know, model. Uh, well, I mean, maybe for follically challenged people, I don't know, I don't know. Um, I, I find you sexy. Thank you, I appreciate that. I, um, oh, Doug has left. The way he went down to try and save that was slow, it was laboured, it just sort of sack of spuds kind of, it, I just, that was my first thought, which is, I kind of almost hate saying that, but it's a, that is a bread and butter, get down, I mean, hold it, let alone tip around the post. It was just, and, and as soon as it goes in, yeah, like we say, it's get it. It just feels like game over, completely utter game over, which is annoying because, as I say, we were generally playing pretty good, and so it was just, just such a killer. And I, the problem I've got, we all don't think Gallagher's very good. I think we can safe, safely say that. the The only thing I'll back up Crawford slightly is I'm guessing he's gone in when he's come in and said. Look, it's a clean slate for everyone. You know, you'll get your chance. He's given Gallagher his chance. And I wouldn't say he's been massively at fault for other goals so far in Crawford's reign, but he was massively at fault for that. And I hope that from, not that it matters now, but hopefully from now on, Smith will be back in goals because it was just a killer. I, I think in part, it's Crawford's thought, look, we're in a relegation battle. We need older, experienced heads in there. And I'm going to go with that for the keeper because he's probably thinking, look, this guy's got the experience. He's probably not seen how he's played. But then that's when you're relying on like Lindsay Hamilton to say, here's my assessment on the two keepers. So who knows what Lindsay's assessment was? Maybe he said, look, I don't think Jude's ready for this. I, I think Gallagher's a better whatever shot stopper, questionable now, or whatever. But I, I do think the experience, Lee, is maybe what, what's got Gallagher the these starts. But and then things a nineteen year old left back. Yeah. So at the point that as much as I understand what you're trying to say it's futile. You know, he can't be can't be saying that because then he wouldn't be signing a, a left back that's been rejected from Sterling. So look, 
my my thoughts on on Gallagher are, are well known. I said it super early on. I, I think maybe in the first couple of league games and or before the season, I was like, doesn't fill me with confidence. I don't think he's great at coming for crosses. I don't think that he's a particularly great shot stopper. I'm not really sure what he offers. The guy's built like a fridge freezer and he dives like one as well. Um, it, look, I mean, the guy's had an incredible career. You know, played for one of the biggest clubs in the country, represented his, his country um, at under-21 level, clearly was a good keeper at some point. We've not seen that. He's a waste of jersey. Um, and I, I, I can't really say much more than that. I mean, I think... I, I, I've said before, I, I don't like singling players out, but I would love to know how many goals he's cost us this season. And that was a bread and butter save. Jude Smith makes that save every day. Brett Long makes that save every day. Jordan Hart makes that save every day. But we got rid of them to replace them with him. And Darren Young's got to accept full responsibility for that signing. But equally, Stevie Crawford isn't getting off scot-free either because you're not telling me that he's not watched the games that we've played this season, looked at the goals we've conceded and hasn't went... Now, don't get me wrong, I don't think Jude Smith's the, the perfect keeper either, but he's been form-wise a better keeper than, than Gallagher. He's made a lot of really good saves this season. Um, and for me, Gallagher shouldn't start another game between now and the end of the season. If, if the season's essentially over, let's just play you. It's yeah. been, I mean, it's been one of our biggest failures for me that this season, the keeper situation. Yeah. I mean... W- we were all concerned because you know we were all sort of fans of of uh, Brett Long and to be honest Jordan Hart did nothing really wrong for us either but I, I kind of got it at the time because in my head it was like we're probably got two semi-decent wages on two real number ones so in many ways it was a case of what I was assuming what the plan was we'll amalgamate that wage for two number ones use most of it to get a good, you know, number one and then have, uh, whether it's a young keeper, which probably would have been Smith, um, as backup. And it's just, it's just gone really wrong. And it's, when you're, when you're struggling down the, oh, struggling down the bottom, um, your keepers, if you've got a good keeper, you've, you've at least got a wee chance. Yeah. You know I mean, and there's just, I like Lee says, Smith's a good, a good prospect uh, you know, is he the answer straight away? Who knows? But he's not really done anything wrong, and I, I feel sorry for him that he's lost his place. And it just felt like it felt like a real summary of our season that moment. To be told, I'm going to make a comment though before we move on from this that Chris Higgins is equally to blame for that first goal yesterday. I was going to yeah. say there's other there's other fault that you can look at allowing that cross in. It was a good cross, but to allow that free header. Well, there's someone before, on the before, edge of the before box. Before we even get to that, Michael, before we even get to that, the passage of play, young Leo Watson takes, as Leo, I think, his name is the young boy Watson anyway, takes the ball, passes it to Higgins. Higgins passes it back to Watson in a dangerous position. Watson passes it back to Higgins. Higgins shells it out, lose possession. From that possession, they run up the path and score. Oh, right. See, I didn't see that bit in the highlights. So, uh, 
it pains me to say it because he was excellent and he's been a, a, an excellent player for us, Chris Higgins. I mean, I think he was pretty close to winning our play of the year last year from the podcast perspective. And I'm pretty sure he picked up a couple of awards. He's been a mile off the pace. Um, consistently gives possession away by shelling the ball up the park to no one. Um, he'll come in with a good header or a great tackle, but on the back of that, will lose possession or shell it out. Now, I get that there's probably nobody coming short for it or there's no movement, and he's probably played, I mean, he has played at a much better level than what we are currently playing at, and he's probably frustrated at the shite around him. But equally, he's got to accept a share of responsibility for a good few goals that we've lost this season. Um, but equally, there's there's not been anybody brought into the place, and, and I'm sure he'll be on a big wage. Mm-hmm. So I think I I mean I, I I agree that he's definitely not been the player of last year for sure. I I always look at the fact we just didn't replace Scott Agnew. I mean Agnew was the guy last season that would literally come and take it off the centre halves, and a lot of times we would sort of bemoan a little bit because Agnew didn't have a great season last season, but. He was the guy that would just come and take off the centre halves and play. It would be him that would play the balls, and he's got a bit more ability to do that than Higgins. I think that's been a big, big miss as well. Just that guy with genuine ability to, you know, see what's ahead of him and, and plot something that would never replace. Also, whether it's been injuries or not, but we've chopped and changed our centre half pairings and our formation. Excuse me, so many times this year. And that that doesn't help anybody. No, to you, you need to get a chemistry going on so that they know what they're doing with each other. Is Higgins in the second year of a two-year deal, or did he sign a new deal? I don't think he's contracted next year. I don't. Right. I I'd written the ones from last uh, down before last week, and I don't. I don't remember him being on it. I don't think he is on it. But Gallagher should be on a two-year deal, shouldn't he? Yes. Yeah. Gallagher signed to next year. I mean, my. I mean, a big part of my problem on Saturday was whatever formation we were playing. You had Dan Higgins going down the right, crossing in. Every cross from the right was from Dan Higgins. You're like, why is a centre half? You know, when Mercer, you need to go, Mercer, in. Dunsmore and um, Murdoch, none of them were in the squad. So we didn't have a natural right back, which is, amazes me because we've got fucking three of them um, and none of them were available to play. Yeah. No, and I just—it was just, yeah, it was frustrating in that respect. But um, I, yeah, I, I looked at the body language after both the goals. It's just something that we've obviously done for a while, and it was nice to see a bit of anger after the first goal went in from some of the players. I don't know who it was that was on the edge of the box. He was going ape shit that they'd allowed that goal to go in, and just going ah. And I like to see that, but it wasn't enough. So if you're that angry, then you want to see a reaction. And it seems to be the standard case now. We lost two goals pretty close to each other in about a 10-minute spell. So it's 10 minutes or less seems to be we cave in. One goes in, and then we seem to concede a second, and then it's game over. Michael, mine wasn't the fact that we conceded the second goal. It was the fact that when they scored, up until they scored the second goal, they dominated. We, we we barely got in the game in that 10-minute period. And you're like, zero reaction to going to go down. Like, you would hope it would be the complete opposite, right? Yeah. Game, Even from we Crawford, didn't need to score. But there was nothing. Even I mean, Crawford didn't react to it. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, I, I mean, I'd message you, Lee, or, or on the group chat going, when are we bringing subs on? When are we yeah. bringing subs on? Make a change because, you know, at that point in the second half, we weren't doing anything. I mean, you know, you're looking at boys like Connell and Ryan Moss, you're like, hey, just get us a goal, lads. And they just look so dejected at the shite that's coming up to them in terms of their creativity. Now, we had chances yesterday. Connell missed... I think, and I need to see it again because I couldn't bring myself to watch the highlights today, but what looked like an absolute sitter for about six yards out and he's claiming it took a deflection of something went over and the ref gave a goal kick. He should be burying that. Lee, I, th- I think for once I disagree. I-, I don't think they can moan about the service. On yeah, I, I, I think agree between, with that. I think between the two of them, I reckon between the two of them, they had, they must have had 10 chances. Not sitters, obviously, but they must have had 10 of which two or three were in the you've got to score bracket. I don't think they could moan about the service on Saturday. I, and I think, I, I'm not going to go, the, the clearly, like the rest of the team, have zero confidence. And Wallace, he's frustrating because he's not, we know what he can do and he's not doing it at the moment. He's a mile off Oh yeah, he, he this did. is not the Ryan Wallace from the last couple of no, seasons. No, of course it's not. But he, he it's like, why is... What you kind he, of he did work his arse off on Saturday, which which is, is something, and he was coming for the ball and trying to make something happen, but wasteful, poor decision making. And as I say, if it was rugby, it would have had a hell of a lot of three points for shots over the bar. But I, I, I think we had the chances on Saturday, no doubt about that. I agree. The the thing, like you said it earlier, Doug, like Crawford must watch that as a striker, a world class striker, because he was, and be like, <laughs> well. A striker that plays in, in, in Scottish terms, maybe. in world football. Scottish League One striker gets classes world class. He played it's internationally, like, is what I'm meaning by world class. If you okay. put on the jersey for your national team, you're playing in world tournaments. Okay, he was a good. He was a good striker. Let's go was, with that. To be fair, I was actually watching um, some Stevie Crawford bits on YouTube just after they came back to us. And a guy could definitely play. I mean, he scored some great goals, even for his fight. World class, no. Quality striker, yes. <laughs> okay. Here's my problem, though. What's the what's the identity since Crawford's taken over? What's the? I just don't feel anything's changed. I almost feel like we've gone backwards a wee bit. Which that was one me. of the things I was going to ask you guys because it does feel that we've gone backwards. Because two, my, two points here's, here's so far problem. out of eighteen. Yeah, and I message you that, Lee. I mean, what, four goals, 13 or 14 conceded, two points. Three, three blanks. So, so his first game against Aloha at home, I came on here afterwards saying I liked what I saw there because it was a, there was a way of playing. It was it was tight and compact, and you knew that they'd worked out the training ground that when the ball got worked out to the fullbacks, the winger closed down, the front two closed, everything was that high press. That lasted one game. I've not. I've literally not seen that since. And, you're and like, then he was smart with subs bringing on Connell and Semple, and and they stretched the back line. We should have won that match in the end. Absolutely, and, um, and that's why we had a wee bit of hope there. But since then, I don't know. But I, equally, I know where where I want to give Crawford these cuttings is aside of Leo Watson and Ryan Blair, he's inherited the steam. And until, you know, next season in the uh, League Two, 
and he builds his own squad, then we could start to judge him on that. However, um, whether you know Liam said last week that he was he was working day and night to, to bring some signings in. You just have to look at the teams around us strengthening their squads, and and we're not. Yeah, and I, I this is something I I disagree with you on Lee, and I was going to mention it in last week's show when you were talking about it, but we'd gone quite long, so I didn't. Because you had looked at some of the boys that's playing with Rangers and Celtic in, in Lowland yeah. League. Now, obviously, Lowland League is not the quality that third tier is. But why would either of those teams say, let's put this young lad in a relegation fight in a system that we don't play, when you can keep all these boys together playing the Celtic way or the Rangers way, so that if they do have ability, they can slot in and move up a level. It's like... Looking at one of those teams to get us players, I, I think is foolish. And if genuinely, if I'm an agent and someone said, look, we'd like to send you, your your lad to, to East Fife for the rest of the season, I'd be like, nah, I don't think that's good for his development at all. Just depends, mate. Uh, I, I think that however which way you want to look at it, if these players are now being told you're not going to move up to the next level and it's a chance to put themselves in the shop window and score some goals and, and keep a team up. Well, that's not going to fucking happen now. So this was well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the other thing is, is that result on Saturday is all but relegated us. You know, we're not mathematically out of it, but theoretically, I think that we are. And I think we'll find it really difficult to strengthen. Any player that we bring in is going to want to come in and say, well, aye, that's fine, I will come to you, but it looks like you're going to be in League 2 next season, but I want League, want league 1 wages if you're working out. Yeah. And, I, and, that's, you, and that's what it's going to be. You, and, you can't argue with that either. But th- this goes back to my question to Liam last week. Have you got this contingency plan in case you go down? Because the players that we're signing now need to be guys that have the stomach and the fight for League 2. Not for a League One relegation battle even anymore. These guys have to want to be playing the bottom tier of Scottish football and have the ability to get us out of this. And like but, Doug, you're well, saying like Stevie Crawford can build his team next season. Can he? Because we've got to move on some of these guys and there's a, a bunch of these guys on two-year deals now. But we're all... Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, I mentioned that last week. I, I, I'm staggered that we were, we were handing out two-year contracts. That ne- Do you know what? That never used to happen at lower league football. Oh, never. no, look at the turnover we had. It's like, oh, this guy's I, a year, this guy's a year. That, that was it all the time. I mean, every summer, you, you would go. that's why you'd go to pre-season games, because you're like, oh, we've got 12 new signings. Yeah. But that's just what happened, because you didn't give out to your contracts. But I do like that we give them two for the stability, because you can build a squad, and you're not losing your top guys. But when they turn but, out to be not very good... My problem with the two-year deals is, is we're, we've rewarded players who are bang average with longer deals, longer deals, and then and then it's like, oh, can we move them on? Well, no, we'll probably not be able to move them on because nobody will take them because they're not good enough. So, And there's no point in then saying, oh, well, it's difficult because you were trying to move players on. Well, you fucking signed them on long-term contracts when they're pish. I mean... And the probably said, signed to League One money. So it's like yeah, if but, someone's going to take them on, the guys would be in his right to go, well, I'm not moving on for less money, but I can but, stay here and get this money. But you've, we started the show bemoaning the fact that we're not making signings, but we're now just giving the argument of why we're not making signings. Because it's fucking hard to do it, because nobody's going to come. 
Yeah. Very, very difficult to get. I mean, look, look at Dumbarton there, right? Greg Wilde, who was at, I don't know, where was he? Bloody East Stirling or something for a while. I don't I can't remember who he was. Yeah. I mean, all the Dumbarton fans were saying after the first half going, oh my God, he looks terrible because he was getting rinsed all the time. And then by the end of the game, he's a worldie. They've, they've signed the, the guy that scored the first goal. I can't remember his name. Oh, Ewanson anyway, or something. From from National League North, I think. So it's kind of in this slight Aussie Bonsu kind of realms where you've gone... Well, it's about three, three tiers higher than no, no, the level I, that Bonsu was playing at there. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's taken a wee chance. And to be totally honest, he looked a bit of a kettle horse, but he was fucking hard, you know... He, those defenders would have been exhausted at the end of that one. He was a, he was yeah. a, a big unit, and a handful. To, but they're the ones that could work out well or could absolutely not work out. We're struggling to sign players because we're as unattractive a proposition as you'll get in Scotland right now. I, I mean, literally, we are we're marooned at the bottom of the table. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Pr- I mean, probably only Cowden Beaths are less attractive proposition because they're probably going to go out the league. Yeah, and then. But, but, the other ones, yeah, uh, they've all got a go. shot. I know. I don't know where we go either. That That's the worrying thing. Someone sent me a message saying they enjoyed our chat with Liam last week, but there was one big omission that we didn't ask him. And I was like, oh, you know what? That is a very good point. It hadn't even crossed my mind. We didn't really talk to him about the Crawford appointment and like why they waited so long to get rid of Darren. Was it too late for them to then bring in Crawford, how many people did they interview? Because the word in the you street know. is it was yeah, the word in the street there was no one apart from Stevie. So why was that the case? Why do they feel he was their man to take the club forward? And yeah, we probably should have asked that because now you're looking at it, and obviously hindsight is wonderful at, at all walks of life, but especially in football, and you're like. Is he the guy to take us forward? It's too early to totally judge because, as Doug says, he needs to get his own guys in if he can. But just the way that the team's playing, it does feel like we've regressed. Should we just have stuck with Dan to the end of the season and then just made the change after that? I don't know. I mean, no, it's ifs and buts are kind of nuts. Like, and Scott Young's given it, oh, I did say the better one, you know. Blah, 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 and look, you could say that for whatever reasons, but equally, Darren assembled the squad that got us in this position, but I've also had messages this week that on the back of that interview where Liam said that Darren got everybody he wanted, and I've heard that that's absolute tripe. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, there's, there could be a lot of tit for tat, but look, Darren hadn't won an away, away game in about two years. It was time for Darren to go. Now, do I think that that I, I said all along, I felt we all, in fact, we all did that Darren was a good manager, but I think his time at us was up. So I, I don't sort of regret us getting rid of Darren because I think that we'd have gone down with whoever was in charge with the squad that we've got. But equally, you know, the, the Stevie Crawford appointment was one that I was behind. I think we need to give him time to assemble his own squad. Um, and right now he's, he's dealing you know, you can only push with the cock you've got. And right now he's got a tiny I think, cock. I, I think Matt, Matt, I mean, Matt, I'm absolutely behind Crawford. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad appointment. I don't, when I'm saying we've regressed, that's just probably a natural thing because if confidence was low when he arrived, it's now completely rock bottom. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, uh, it's just that dreaded thing that we talk, we've talked about, you know, from the start of the season about that one season away from oblivion. It's now, it's now a reality, which is, which is, uh, is obviously worrying. But um, yeah, I mean, I can't think of there been that many players in that squad that I would necessarily want next year, which is a worry. That, Real worry. That's the big worry. Because also a lot of these guys, like, Dan, I was thinking about Danny Swanson last night. It's just one of the things I like to do on a Saturday night. It's like, his contract's going to be up. If he got himself super healthy, he's a guy that would breeze through League Two. But would he want to play at League Two? So it's like... Probably not. But he might, he might, he might feel like he's sort of due us something. I don't know. I, I, I wondered that as well. Lee's shaking his head, but I did no, wonder. No, he, it's like, we've we, been good to him and helped him. and We, we have. And, we've not been good he, to him. We've paid him a contract that he's signed. That's well, not yeah, been good to him. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, right, he's, he's an employee, first and foremost, right? And if you broke your leg and you were unable to work, then, you know, if you've got sick pay as part of your job, which all footballers will do, yeah. unless you're on a pay-as-you-play contract, then we have to legally pay him that money. Um, we all know. we all said when we signed him that it was a risk, all of because his injury record was horrendous, horrendous. Yeah. So you, but again, what did we do? We gave him a two-year deal at three, four hundred quid a week for a guy that's completely injury-prone at the end of his career. I mean, financially, that's a dreadful decision. I think. You know, yeah. guy. That, what, how, old, how old was when we signed him? 33, 34? Yeah. You know has had cruciate ligaments like it's going out of fashion and we've given him a two-year deal and a lot of money. I, I would imagine would there have been a better paid player? He would, he, he'll he be up there in the highest paid each five player in history. Yeah. It can't be far off. I don't know. The Willie Brown and the Lee Murray days, who knows what some of the, the, the money the floating around. The books. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, officially, officially, yeah. Officially then, yeah. No, he probably I is right up there. Stanich was on a thousand pound a week. So. <laughs> Let's not talk any more about the game because it, it's done. But we will do your three, two, ones. No, no. Ah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll do a three, two, one, uh, and it's it's completely based on the first half alone. Uh, I gave three points to Danny Denham because first half I thought he was really good. He See, that's got... interesting because I've read a few comments this morning with folks saying, "Why is he starting? He shouldn't be playing." He's, the uh, old, he's one of the I, only ones given 100%. He's not phoning it in. Words out of my mouth. I, I was just going to say he's a he's an absolute worker and he's busting a gut to, you know. I just I actually thought he didn't shy away first half. He he was taking it from the wing, taking it inside and, you know, in the middle and drive. He drove us forward really well. I thought, as I say, first half anyway, I thought he was pretty good. Um, I've given two points to Ross Davison for 35 minutes, who I thought was excellent and got stuck in and drove us forward. And him going off with what looks like probably an end out yeah. for the season job, I think. Yeah, we'll um, talk about that in a sec, because that looked a bad one. It's a blow, it's a blow. And then one point I gave to the young kid, Watson, just because I thought, I don't know, he looked all right. You don't want to do one, Lee? Me too. Let's try, <laughs> let's try and cheer Lee up. Let's look at some positives. 
Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> I, I that that wasn't like a a piece I was doing. I was actually trying to think of something, and nothing actually came into my head. That's the thing, like you know, I I was so excited when Crawford came in. I'm like, we're going to get a new manager bounce. You know, we're going to put together a run, and you know, we, we got a draw, and then we've been pumped every game pretty much. Um, it's just so brutal. In fact, do you want to know what the positive I'm going to give? And it's something that I've written down here. The Bayview boys, the young lads, um, they seem to be getting back into it and they've put together a TIFO yeah. for the fall game um, about Davey Marshall. Um, and I absolutely love that. That's brilliant. Um, so they're, they're my positive. These boys are the future. Um, and getting these guys in um, and hopefully maybe even getting their mates along or whatever, smashing a bottle of bucket before they come to the game and, and sing for 90 minutes. If, if, if these boys could, can grim and bear it for the, the rest of the, the season, then I'll be doing the exact same. So fair play to them. I've I thought of a positive. Like... Neither okay. of you actually ended up going through like you had planned. Yes. So you oh, didn't my... have what is a horrible trip home when my... you've lost the game. My brother, who lives in Glasgow, went with his son and his son's mate, and he'd said to me on the Thursday, I think, that he was going. And I was like, well, I'm thinking about it. I was going to go through with Lee, but that's not happening. And then it was a Friday night, I phoned him, and I was like, nah, I'm not going. I was like, I'm, I was playing golf early the Sunday. I'm like, I'm just... And yeah, Dunbar's one of these ones, it's just a little bit far away mm-hmm. for a game that you know you're going to drive home on your own, disappointed. Um, my, my positive, and I'm, I'm being slightly flippant, was from the game, the positive can only be that we created a lot of chances. The only downside is it's against an, um, a really poor football team because Dumbarton are piss poor. Well, yeah, they um, must, they but, must but be singing, can we play every week? Because it's like, that's well, who they get their points from. How many uh, games have Dumbarton won at home this season? Two. Two. Correct against East Fife and which other team? Oh, I think they play black and gold. Yeah, correct, correct. We're we're like uh, we're like an angel that gifts things. <laughs> points. I don't know if angels thing. We're like we're essentially Oprah. You can get three points. You can get three points. You can get three points. <laughs> we all get three points. Exactly. Except for you, Fife, because you're fucking shite. Yeah. Well, we let, are let, Oprah. I like that. Right, let, let's take the positivity back down. To negativity again. Let's look at something <laughs> sad. Because let's not be upbeat. Let's just keep this show horrible. That's what the listeners want. We love to wallow in our misery, clearly, which is why we're long-term East Fife supporters. Ross Davidson's injury. That, on top of everything else that's gone on, looks a, a huge blow for the lad. Like, our, our season, it's basically over. But if we were to somehow put a run together over these next three home games. He's a guy that's an important I'm pretty sure piece. that Mila Kunis is going to knock on my door and beg to ride me. Oh. Well, if we're talking it, about things that are never going to happen, then... I was, I was going to say, is, does Rachel have... <laughs> is that one of the five that Rachel's allowed you on your, your laminated list? Yeah, but when, I think when, it's kind of what, one of those lists where, like, there's yeah, there's probably more chance of that happening than these five staying up to my list. When you did your list, uh, with was there a little caveat where it's okay for dog to watch through a window? Yes. 
Right, okay. That's actually, fine. that's actually written into the contract, mate. That's good. See, I, I never understand, like, when folk come up with lists and it's all, like, Mila coolness and, like, big folk. Like, you pick your wife's best friend that's really good looking because you've got more chance with that. And it's like, well, yeah. she's on my list. It's like that Peter <laughs> K one. It's like, oh, you could have any of that. I'm offering you Kelly, what's her name? Well, Kelly Brooke on a plate here. And he goes, Barbara from work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The uh, was that was a John Smith ad, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, going going back to uh, things that aren't Lee shagging me Kunis with me watching through the window, which is really quite uh, erotic. Yeah, very. I'm, I'm <laughs> just I'm just surprised that you find Meg from Family Guy so attractive, but each to their own. Any holes ago. So basically, going back to Ross Davidson, look, I don't think Ross Davidson being fit is going to change our season, to be totally honest with you, but he's a good player and we've missed him. And I thought that first half did show that he he's just, he's got that pace about him in midfield that he can get, you know, he, he can he can shift pretty quickly and get stuck in and whatnot. But look, the only chance we've got in these next three games is we need three or four Nine. people to come back from fitness and we need yeah, yeah. Well, e- no, even six isn't enough now. It's got to be nine. The problem you've got is with you, you can't win three games all season and suddenly think you're going to win three in a row. It's so unlikely. And if it does happen, then Crawford's an absolute genius. But Falkirk are scoring goals before you know are absolutely scoring goals, which yeah. is a disaster. But they are letting like, goals in as well. Yeah, but Dunbar also letting goals in. Yeah, that's true. Dumbarton like, line six the, the 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 game before, and they were poor at the back, and we didn't score. I mean, yeah. look at look at Falkirk, right? We this is the is it, is it the replay of the game that got fogged off. Um, I'll be honest with you, like from from what I could see in that game, they were all over us, and I'm really predicting a four or five nil defeat um, next week. I reckon Anton Dows will score a hat trick. Um, because the form that he's in is scintillating. Um, oh, and, nice. Yep, there you go. Um, and I think that he'll absolutely be all over us like a tramp on chips. Um, fully expecting him to score a hat-trick next week and what will probably be a 5 nil defeat. Yeah, it does have the makings of one of those games that's going to suddenly kick-start Falkirk's season and then they're going to go on a run. And it's all, they're going to look back and go, it was all from that. Five goal hammering at Bayview. The, the the big problem you've got is, and we, we touched on it last week, and we talked about getting fans to a gate and stuff. Uh, why on earth? Why on earth would someone pay fifteen quid to go and watch his fight at the moment? And I don't, I don't judge people because I'm totally honest. I, I'm struggling to do it, and and it's not a financial thing. I can definitely afford to go to East Five, but what? What, do I want to go to East Fife against Falkirk on Saturday and watch us getting humped, you know, and, and pay, you know, decent money to do so? It's it's so difficult to entice people to go when you're a pish. We, I mean, I, the only I, hope, the only hope, that's the only thing I'll keep me going. Yeah. yeah, well, exactly. The only hope is that next year that you might do all right in League Two and the crowds will probably go up if you're, you know, a successful team. That's the only hope we've got. To, but this season. You can write it off. I mean, I I, I almost judge people who are going to go. Well, yeah. Be- like, that is why I haven't been getting the streams because, again, it's not that I can't afford to do it. 
it's I don't want to get up at 7am to watch something that is utter pish. Why would I do that? And I was speaking to somebody else that does have it that lives overseas. And he was like, oh, it's to support the club. It's to give them the money. Even if you don't watch the games, give them the money. And it's like, no. Because at some point, if you just keep doing that, nothing changes. You've got to to make them think, look, they've just said through Liam on last week's show, they're not in financial peril just now. So not getting the fans turning up will make them think, oh, we're in danger here of losing our fan base unless we make some serious changes. And change starts at the top. And I do feel we need to get some fresh blood and some fresh money in at the club. And I know that's easier said than done. The danger is, Lee's just said, if I didn't have my season ticket, I wouldn't go. Season ticket renewals are coming up. I would imagine that every year, the season ticket base is getting whittled down lower and lower and lower because you've got folk that are just pissed off and not coming back, folk that have sadly passed away, folk that's maybe moved away or their work. Like, you didn't have a season ticket for a while, Lee, because of your work. So you've got all these numbers that's going down. And are we getting enough new ones coming in to take it up and replace it? No. Look at Dumbarton, right? Dumbarton yesterday had a sign saying all under 16 season tickets are now free to the end of the season. Why not just do that? Because if we do that and just say all under 16 season tickets are free or are free when you buy any home shop, right? Get the money in get these kids wearing the shirt, get them out and about with their mates wearing their shirts, get them in and, well, for some insane reason, perhaps enjoying going to watch the football on a Saturday, season ticket renewals come up for next season. Will I spend 70 quid on a season ticket or 60 quid on a season ticket? Ah, yeah, I'd like to go to the football. But the, the club will turn around and see what they said when all the streaming and everything started and, and the cost and things. That Michael, be, if you be, always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And, and this is what frustrates the life out of me. I know that we need to have a business head on, but equally, sometimes you have to speculate to accumulate. And it's one thing that we don't do. Oh, yeah, we tried that before and this is what happened. Right, we'll try something else or try something different. But I was going to say uh, it's the complaints. They're worried about the complaints of the people that have shelled out the money already. It's like, I bought my, my laddie a, a season ticket. Why is this guy getting it well, for free? That's what the complaint's going to be. Peop- but then th- those people have no idea about what supporting a football club means. Because if yeah. they can't see the fact that we're attempting to get more fan or new fans and then stuff them because Cause that, that was why they didn't lower the stream price for the odd game because they said all oh, folks got season tickets and they'll complain uh, to be honest I would be surprised if anybody really kicked off I think that. you'd get a couple but... an under 16 season ticket the cost of it is already cheap yeah so I like your idea cheap. though of buying the jersey and getting it that's a fantastic yeah. idea buy the jersey get the money in go to the game you know it, it we don't seem to have any commercial nows. And I said it last week, we desperately need to get somebody in that's going to bring us money. Go and spend the money to get somebody in. Now, I've been a salesman for years. I've been a salesman since I'm 18 years old. I'm 32 now, right? You, you go in, you say to them, right, okay, even a standard wage at £25,000, there's your 25 grand. You'll start making commission when you've, hit, you've made your salary. Right. Yeah, you have to. So, you've got to bet on your own abilities. Yes, right. 
Cause I was a mortgage advisor for years with a pretty basic standard salary, and I made double that because you get motivated because of what your potential is. Absolutely. It's called being a salesperson. So there's your 25 grand, and I'll tell you what will tear it. If you make your 25 grand, for the first 10 grand that you make over it, will give you 20%. The next 10 grand over it will give you 30%. For the next 10 grand you make over it, it will give you 40%. And then all they're doing is going, right, I'm going to make that money back as quick as I can so that I can start making the big bucks. Just go do it. You know, just go do it. Because I can't remember... Sorry, Doug. No, I was was just going to say, I don't... I don't disagree with any of that. I think even if it wasn't a strip, it could be a, one of those nice new scarves that none of you were able to get, you know. Yeah. Oh, there's more coming in, and I'll definitely buy one. Oh, I will but get I, one as well and get you to pick it up for me then. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I used, I used to do uh, some tennis coaching at the sports club in London Lynx, and I kept saying that, you know, to charge parents to get 10 lessons you know, when they're hoping someone gets into something, but then you're on top of that, you've got this membership that, and I, you know, I was saying, look, uh, why don't I do a thing where it's 10 lessons and they get a free membership for a year? And it was like, no, we can't really do that. It's like, but you can't, parents aren't going to just shell out money on the whim that they might like it because it gets expensive, all that sort of stuff. But then it also becomes a chore to the kid because he feels he he or she has to go through the lessons because the parents shelled out the money as well. Absolutely. Uh, Just very quickly, uh, I'm going to make a a controversial comment. I I would like his wife to sign nobody in this window now. Because I I, I can see that. I think the ship sailed and I worry that we're going to to entice people, we're going to go. There's an 18 month contract, and oh, we'd have and, to, and yeah. Then, and then who knows what you're going to get, unless it's an absolute no brainer. I just think I, I dread what we might bring in, and you just think, what you know, what are I we signing here? Anybody that we bring in, anyway, is going to be alone. I can't see us signing anybody. You know, I would love to sign us to go and actually make the signing of Rico Katongo because I think that he is a good, solid left back in League One, um, and you know he will equally be that in League Two if he's the sort of player that's available. Go get him. Um, do but, Do we know why he wanted away from Airdrie? Um, they didn't back him over the the racism scandal. Oh, really? But remember, it was his own fans that racially abused him. Well, yeah, because, of course, Airdrie's got such a lovely fan base, as we've known from over the years. Yeah, I mean, not all of them are arseholes, but I mean... No, but they've got, they do have it. a... They've always had a very strong contingent. It's always been a very horrible Sorry. atmosphere when you go through there. Yeah. Um, you know, players like that that you know are good players, but like Doug's saying, making a, like taking a punt, um, I don't think it's worth it. Now, I know that, like, I don't think for a second Stevie Crawford does in this, but I know he'll be listening and going, it's only eight points, you know, it's three wins. But when you've had three wins all season, I can't see us getting another three. And I'm, I'm going to make a prediction and say, I don't think we'll win another game this season. That's, that's, I, I think I'm, we'll... I'm not saying that negatively. Um, I just genuinely don't think that we'll get another one. I, I, I think, think we will. Be, I don't I think, think we'll, we'll get be... three. I think we'll beat either Peterhead or Clyde in these two games coming up. I think we'll sneak a win against one of them. Because, uh, as I say, if you look at Saturday, we didn't play, we actually played quite well in general, and it was the usual kind of ship a goal and confidence goes. If you get the first goal against a team like that at home, I, I think 
I think we might be able to see one out. But, you know, I think there's n- nobody is thinking that we've got any hope of staying up now. I, I mean, that's all but yeah. gone. Well, let's just finish this off. We'll have a look in our crystal balls. Lee's been rubbing his a lot so far during the show, or I thought it was. It turned out it was his head. But you, I've never seen you look so despondent. No, how many years have you know me? Twenty years? I, yeah, long time. Like genuinely, from the minute you came on, and I thought, oh, he's just being funny. But you, you genuinely look really yeah. despondent. Honestly, I, 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 I keep saying it. I, I can't. I find it very difficult to be negative, particularly when it comes to East Fife. And to the fact that I'm at the point that I'm at is is really difficult because I don't like calling players out. I don't like calling the club out. I don't like being negative. You know, I've said before, um, and I sound now like a total hypocrite about our negative fan base, but this season has beaten the life out of me. Well, that's the concerning thing. What you're saying, what Doug's just said about, oh, I don't know that I can even be bothered going and paying money to go to the game you're two hardcore fans for years and you're feeling like this but, people but that, that haven't is... got that commitment to the club or they're just casual fans my dad's not going back that's completely and utterly natural there's not oh I mean, it is yeah there's no, there's no east five fan out there that can't be who's like oh i can't wait for saturday no there's no there's no chance people are like you know, excited for Saturday. Nobody will be excited no, for Saturday. No, but long, long term is the concern. I would no, say people, that. I get to a Friday people, and I'm like, oh, football tomorrow. And then I'm like, why am I excited about this? <laughs> yeah. No, no, but I'm meaning now, like, you know, like a Sunday and I can't wait for next week. And, you know, you get that after a game or, you know, on the Saturday, that sometimes on the Sunday, you're like, oh, I'm really looking forward to next week and making arrangements to do this and that. It's very natural that everyone's feeling this way. And that's football. And that especially is supporting a lower league football team football. Do you know what yeah. I mean? We, we, we've, we've, we've been doing this for, I've been doing this for 30 years, this feeling of, you know, what the fuck am I doing with my life in terms of watching football? It, it's just a natural thing. And look, next, next season, we'll be buzzing about football again, even though we're in League Two, we will, because that's just naturally what you do as a football fan. So I don't think it's a... It's not a slight on the fans. It's not a slight on the board. It's just that's the position we're in. We're shy at football and it's tough to watch. So what I was going to ask you, for the rest of this season, now at some stage, the club's just going to have to accept we're down. And I don't think right now, if you said to Stevie Crawford, "Are, are you planning for next season or do you think we can still stay up? He's going to think they can still stay up. The board can probably think we can still stay I up. I think Stevie. I think Stevie Crawford will publicly say he thinks we can stay up, but he knows we're down. And if he doesn't, then he's deluded. Um, and anybody that thinks that we could stay up is deluded, unless we pull off. Um, you know, um, literally, unless the, a miracle happens that Jesus Himself turns up at Bayview and blesses us, because there's there's nothing that I've seen from this team that shows me that we've got the ability want or desire to, to stay up in this league I, I think that if it wasn't the fact that we had three home games in a row and two of them are against lower teams I, I think the planning for next season would maybe start now but I think they'll wait until these three games are out of the way maybe even just the second one because if you lose that then it's totally over 
the way forward, though, surely, and Doug mentioned this earlier, is to play young guys then for the rest of the season. It doesn't matter if you're losing every single game at that point. We've got to blood these guys. We've got to see what they can do. We've got to see if they've got the ability, or is that just too risky and you're going to end up turning no, fans away and losing money? It's too early now. I, I, I think I wasn't, if the stairs were mathematically yeah. down, I would, I would play them. So on, only yeah. once we're mathematically down? Once it's mathematic. I, I I definitely didn't say now we should start playing the kids. Oh no no! I, I just I didn't stage. mean right this minute. I would wait until after yeah. these three home games, to be honest. But until well, it's mathematic, it, it, Michael, these boys have got to keep trying, or or try. As soon as we're yeah, as soon as we're officially down, the big problem is you've got to be very very careful putting three or four kids into losing team a team who the mentality is poor, the attitudes poor. Because it could really drag them down as well. So you've got to yeah. be really careful with that. As soon as we're officially relegated, absolutely, hundred percent, you've got to. But look, I mean, in terms of, uh, I think we're ninety percent down. There, there is ten percent of me will always have a wee bit of hope because, like I've banged on about, momentum can be unreal in this game. And if you do happen to string a couple of wins together, then who knows? I mean, the league is so tight just now. Totally it, it is tight apart from us. That's the problem. Yeah. If we can somehow, but look, I'm bored saying the same thing. I've, we've said the same thing every week now for two months at least. That you know, forget these wins. It will, you know, everything will concertina or whatever the word would be, and will be. But but the, look, the likelihood is so unbelievably small now. Yeah, I wouldn't be adverse to making the odd little change and letting maybe one young guy have a shot one week and, and just yeah. slowly I, I, integrate them into the team. I do agree with that. Do, do you know all I want to see now to the end of the season is I, I want to see identity. I want to see what what is a Stevie Crawford team going to look like next year in terms of how we play or what because that that's that's the one thing so far that I wouldn't say worries me, but that I'm looking for. Because as I say, that first game, there was that, and subsequently there's not been... So, just something to... Because like I say, when Crawford was here in his first reign, the football was fantastic, and it was so attacking. And they had a lot better players, though. Yeah, oh, no, of course. I mean, it might be he knows the identity he wants, and he's looked at this squad now over the last few games and thought, yeah, and they, can't, they do can't do this. Yeah. Because the, 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 the last coach that, we that, had here had the way that he wanted to play and then it turned out the players that they brought in just couldn't play that way and it was like that identity soon went out the window. But that identity might only come in the last five or six weeks from a relegated. Do you know what I mean? Just in terms of just yeah. swimming. Well, I want not, to see some hope to go into next season and having an identity would do that because it's like, this is how we're going to play. That's quite exciting. But that's what worries me about signing guys now. It, look, if we could maybe get guys in this week before these three home games, but if it's coming to the 28th of January and you've not signed, there's no, I just don't, almost don't see the point by that yeah. point because you're, you're bringing in, it, you're bringing in numbers as opposed to quality. And, and if we do have to move folk on, the chances of moving them on at this point is probably going to be slim. It, it, they said on the website, Sean Brown is available for offers. Yeah, so that, he, yeah. He's somebody, if we can't put the ball in the back of the net, have a look at him. 
he's in training every week, and I'm sure if Crawford fancied him, he'd be back. We've recalled everybody else. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, I feel like I've been Debbie Downer for everything that you're saying. I, Sean Brown showed me nothing in his time here that he was cut out for this level. Sorry, Doug, I know that he's your hero. <laughs> he's um, not, he's he's, not. You know, there's, there's, there's literally there's no point. Take the money for him if we get you know, some of the, the figures I've heard being banded about are like eight, nine, ten grand. You know, that that's decent money. Because I mean I think he's still got another year on his contract. I think he was a two year plan a two year deal. Say take, for example, yeah, take that then. Say we got nine grand for him and we're paying boys two hundred and fifty pounds a week. That's thirty six weeks of of a, one of their wages. Um and two hundred and fifty pounds a week's a decent league two wage. So I think I think the only the only thing I could think would be is if Crawford looks at him and goes, he actually could do very well for us in League Two next season. That's the only reason I would think that they might, you know, just put him out on loan and, and use him. No, next year. I mean, we've, we've literally came out and said, Doug, I know you don't use Twitter that much, but we've came out and said, we're looking at offers for him. He's available for transfer. Yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I, look, I, I kind of jokingly made him my hero, um, but he's not good enough. Then. Just just to ask you some of the social media questions, um, Jaden Fairley, um, ever the, the optimist, is there any hopes of survival? I answered that in one question. No. Um, Scott Young saying better than ever to know, the, uh, know than you won, you don't. Max Spies, you managed to do that without Darren's penis in your mouth to ask that question, Scott. Um, we can still type. <laughs> it depends on how uh, Fairley's mouth is, I suppose. Um, another... Uh, Follower on social media, Scott asked, "What league ground? Uh, league two ground? Are we most looking forward to next season?" Um, and I've got uh, a couple because there's been a few that I've not managed to go to yet. Um, so I've got Edinburgh City and Annan. I think are the two grounds in that division that I've not done. But always Elgin is my favourite away day, and I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. I've got such a mix. I was actually talking about this with my friend the other day about um, what I'm looking forward to League two. I guess uh, the, your first shout would be either Fraserburgh or Bonnie Rig Rose. I was Bonnie Rig. I was going to say, but I hope because I couldn't handle Cowden Beef being in our league because no. I, I just I've all I've I, I refuse to go to Central Park. I, I, I said this about ten years ago, and I've never been back because how they can charge money to watch football on that ground is beyond me. But so Fraserburgh or Bonnie Rig would be would would be one to tick off. I think I've actually been to all the grounds in that league, so apart from that. So um at Elgin, the the cup game when we got humped five one still pains me too much to enjoy the Elgin. Hill one. <laughs> oh. Elgin yeah. on a on a nice day is such a beautiful drive up and back. And if you stay over it's it's a lovely little place. Annan I've not been to. Uh Edinburgh yeah, I've been, City. I've, I've been at Annan's a Annan's a nice wee ground actually. We we got we stayed over and had our sort of uh, away day out. Got absolutely smashed before the game, and on the way, uh, as you walk in and out the ground, there's an athletics track like down a big hill, like a 400 meter track. And we, there was four of us, and we decided to do a 100 meter race. Burst like really really drunk. And there's a good video. I'll need to try and dig it out and show you that my mate took of it. And the favourite for the race, which was not me. Uh, Took a ridiculous fall straight at the start, just no hands, face planted the the surface. Uh, I actually won that race, which was amazing. 
But no, it's a really good day. <laughs> the, the, what I love about Annan, and it's the same with like Berwick and Stennis Muir, they've got the social club like attached to the ground. Oh, brilliant. And it's, it's, it was one of those, like, you go in, it's like 40p of vodka. And I mean, it's like, no wonder we were drunk. But a really nice ground, actually. Really nice ground. Well worth yeah. going to. The only thing yeah, is, I, I did look at the League 2 table yesterday. And one of my thoughts was, you know, there's no one, you said this before, Lee, there's no one to be afraid of in, in that division. It's like... It wouldn't be the wor- there's, there's not an abundance of cash yeah. in that anymore. It wouldn't be the oh, worst but- thing for the club to go down, have a season to kind of find their feet again, find their identity, get a decent base in, a good squad, and then go straight back up. There's never a guarantee that that's going to happen, but that could be the making of us for another few seasons. And in some ways, I'd rather have that than another season down the bottom where you're like, oh, we could get relegated, we could get relegated. I think the problem we've got for me at the moment is, I think just in general, Scottish football is just getting stronger. In terms of, there's been, I cannot remember in my lifetime, a fourth, uh, sorry, a third tier being as strong as it is now. Do you know what I mean? In terms of money and sizes of teams that are down there. There was a brief spell when Queen of the South and Dunfermline were in the division below us in the 80s and they were battling on and off the pitch for promotion and stuff. That was that was a strong time as well, but it's nothing like this because that was just two teams. Whereas that any one of probably six teams you could realistically think would go up, maybe even seven. Yeah, you know, but that's well, I, all the the questions from our mailbag. I, I always get excited about uh, a new league in many ways because when you look at this league. Uh, we, we like to have our wee, you know, annual away pilgrimage to some place to get pushed and whatnot. This league's terrible for it. I, I mean, it, it's literally rubbish. Yeah, but you and... you look at the general travel in League Two and it's horrific. You've got Stranraer, you've got Elgin, you've got Annan. From a club yeah. and player point of view, not even the fans. That's not good. That's a lot of money. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. But to be honest, I think by that point, it's all about the fans. It's all about what we want. Oh, should be always should be <laughs> I think that wraps up unless anyone's got any funny things that they, they've seen this week they want to talk about um, yes I do actually there's been a couple of things that I've um, particularly enjoyed and Dan Farrelly's impressions of Rafa Benitez as Agent Rafa um, on YouTube are definitely worth a watch um, oh, I've not seen that, that. Oh, they're absolutely brilliant. Obviously, Benitez ultimately lost his job today after a defeat in Norwich. Oh, did he? I hadn't seen that. Yeah, yeah, he got the tin tack, yeah. They never wanted him to begin with, though. It was like... Yeah. Wow. So, um, Wayne Rooney, favourite to go in there with the job that he's doing at Derby. I think it's a bit too soon for him. I love Wayne Rooney, so I hope he goes on and does a good job if he gets it. But, um, yeah, so that if you haven't watched that, please do. It is absolutely hilarious. I, I don't have either of you seen any of the African Nations Cup stuff. Yeah, I actually think that Scott oh, Gallagher could get a game for some of these African Cup Nations. The, the refereeing incident in the game where he just stopped the game. That's what I was, was going to mention. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. But then he starts it and he still stops it early. He restarts the, fact, the game. and oh. So, so uh, the only thing, uh, me and my mate were talking about the other day, the only thing I can imagine that's happened is his watch has malfunctioned or stopped 
And instead of maybe saying to the fourth official, like, how long is it to go? It's almost like he's gone, yeah, that seems about right. Full time. And then they've gone, hold on, it's 85. All right, okay, we'll start again. Because he stopped it again at 89 and a half. Yeah. And that was full time. And, like and there had been, there'd been, and... there'd been stops for water breaks and stuff and everything. Unbelievable. Amazing that that was allowed to actually happen. Yeah. I, I haven't I haven't seen I just take it he's not refereeing any more games during the tournament, but I would, I would assume not. I would assume not. It's it's no wonder that the sort of Premier League clubs like Liverpool, etc., don't want their players going off to this tournament because it's an absolute farce. Yeah. Although farce. Arsenal getting their game called off against Tottenham was also an absolute farce because they've only got one COVID case. Yeah. And other clubs have had to play. Look at us, we've had to play games. You could not see Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich well, had some like six players on the bench that was yeah. like... Yeah, talking of Bayern Munich, Alfonso Davies, yeah, one of the guys that yeah. tested COVID. Now he's, after having this test from post-COVID, he's got heart issues, which they're saying okay. is mild. I don't know that any heart issue like that is ever truly mild, but that's always a concern when you've seen it happen to so many players. And obviously I know... Fonzie and I've known him since he was 15 and he's such a lovely kid or grown man now but it's really concerning when someone that young and that fit get something like that so wish him all the best not that he's probably listening to this but you never know Hardcore. I like it he, he said not that he's probably li- I mean he's definitely not listening <laughs> I mean that's there's no there's no probability well, maybe no, he's not listening Maybe he's like, oh, he's five. I remember that weird Scottish guy mentioning him. Who knows? Maybe somebody's passed the pod on to him. And if you have listened to this episode, Fonzie, um, then please accept my wholehearted apology. In fact, all the listeners, please accept my wholehearted apology. I just care so deeply about this club and I love it with all my heart. And it's just absolutely heartbreaking um, watching what's happening to us. And, you know, even the players and stuff, like, I don't think that there's anybody there that doesn't care. Like, I genuinely do believe that. Like, I, I think that the players all will care and they'll all be gutted about where we are. But ultimately, I think what I really want is just a change to see some positivity, you know, whether it be coming from the club or whether it be just something to cheer on the pitch. That's all I want. The the only thing my final comment, Doug's final comment, um, is we've been here before, hundred percent. It's you know we've we've been shit before, we've come good again, and I guarantee to every listener and every Spike fan, we will be shit again, definitely. That's the joy. <laughs> <Thanks, man. laughs> yeah. Someone needs to put that in a in a chant at the games. We've been shit before. We'll be shit again. <laughs> it's it, it's it's very true though. Being a supporter of a lower league Scottish team, you'll have your season that you're utterly awful when you get relegated, and then 15 years later you'll have another one, and hopefully after being promoted. But that's just what happens. I said to my dad today, actually, um, I was just like, oh well, we might get a chance to see us lift another trophy in a couple of years' time. <laughs> yeah, Lowland League winners 2024. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh, God, that's the pressure. And on that happy note of silverware, let's wrap this up. I've been Michael McCall. Thanks to Lee and Doug. Give us all follows on Twitter. You know where to find us by now. Glory Days of Gold on Twitter. Glory Days of Gold at gmail.com. We will be back soon talking about the East Fife revival and the start of saving our season. 
So I don't know when that's going to be, but we'll be back one day. Till then, thanks for listening. Take care. On the Fife! Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.